Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 724. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or, or an audio tape. Uh, they're free, including the postage and handling. Uh, I've got a strong message for you from the third book of John. Then we may get into the book of Judah. I've already, quite a while ago, done the book of Jude, but I haven't, the Lord uh, will maybe have me do it again. I believe he will. And um, so uh, we have also music and letters. But right now, let's pray that God will anoint this program. Father, anoint the program. Uh, rebuke Satan. Destroy his work. Lord, let your work prevail throughout the entire world. Bless all those that have consecrated themselves to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. To you, Father, to you, Jesus, and that love the brethren. Um, I ask that you do this, Father, for the saving of souls and for the strengthening of your church. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, uh, here I am. We just did a rough mix on this yesterday. Have thine own way, Lord. Uh, One, two, three. This is me, folks, singing. Yeah. 
That was my country version of uh, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, and uh, I've done it before. And this is just the country version. We did a, another version that's more on the pop side. Um, all right, so we're in the uh, third epistle of John. Now, John also wrote the uh, book of Revelation. He wrote first, second, and third John, and he also wrote the gospel of John. John is the one that has exposed the Antichrist. Who Antichrist is? The Antichrists are people that have been with the Lord and that have fallen away and back into the world. And they're the worst of all people that uh, call themselves Christians and they're false prophets. And Jude, uh, who is also the uh, half-brother of Jesus, James and Jude both were the half-brothers of Jesus. They were not begotten by the Holy Spirit, but they were, uh, Joseph and Mary had other children uh, after Jesus, but, but Joseph was not the father of uh, Jesus. It was Father God. All right, so um, right here we're going to do John, third child. Uh, uh, the third epistle. And so John's uh, final letter is a personal note to a pastor about other another pastor who refused to accept uh, uh, other pastors, but preferred to gossip about them. John commended those who gave hospitality uh, to pastors they did not even know and condemned the gossiping pastor who wanted the um, headlines for himself. Now, I have uh, entertained, and they've stayed at my house, was John Jimenez, who has a big work. His wife does most of the preaching now in um, Virginia Beach. And we've uh, been uh, with uh, the Pat Robertson people, which uh, uh, we, uh, I don't believe in gossiping, but if they're doing something wrong, then I do. I do not, uh, I know that the Bible does not allow us to run for, uh, like, the president of the United States. That's not gossiping, that's teaching the Bible. And uh, they and these kind of people keep getting people into 
Uh, and I tell him myself, like he wanted me to endorse him um, for uh, to be president of the United States. I just said, I don't believe in that. You know, if you're a person of the Lord, then uh, this is not gossiping. This is telling the truth. And it's never to be construed. We shouldn't say bad things about people. Well, if they're uh, representing themselves as uh, prophets or people of the Lord, and they are doing things like that, well, then they are leading many people astray. And so that's uh, exposing Satan. And if the man doesn't receive it uh, from me, then I'm going to tell the world that he did wrong, just the same way as the Apostle Paul rebuked Peter for being out of order and causing the brothers to dissimulate because uh, they, he was eating with Gentiles and then he caused a lot of people to fall away. And another thing is uh, I have entertained those people. Um, they came to uh, Ben Kenslow, came to our restaurant in Elma, Arkansas, and uh, used our banquet room there to uh, preach the gospel. And um, we've had, uh, I've been with Oral Roberts and entertained him, visited him, and uh, all sorts of things. I don't know uh, anything about the, he was just the most wonderful, uh, pleasant person I've ever met. I was uh, very much impressed with him. I don't know that much about his doctrine, except that he left the Pentecostal church uh, to be involved with the church that doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I call that, uh, but I like uh, him as a person, and I entertain uh, those type of people. Rex Humbard, I've entertained him. He's come to our house, and we've been to his program, and I rebuked him because he was... Uh, teaching people on television that uh, you can go to the kingdom of heaven by following some false religion. And uh, you see what happened with him. The Lord took him out of the way. Abe Schneider used to come to our house all the time. And this is not gossiping. I'm telling you that he was saying that once you get married, that you have to go back to your first wife, even if she's a prostitute even if she's, uh, these type things are very wrong, and I'm not gossiping, and I love them because I told them, and I called him on the phone when the Lord told me to when I was at the library in um, downtown Los Angeles. I, uh, the Lord told me to call him, and I said, Oh, Lord, I mean, this man's been saved for years longer than me, and you want me to uh, rebuke him and tell him that what he's doing wrong. And the Lord says, go over there and tell him. So I did. And there's just like dozens and dozens of pastors and Brother Smith that we have entertained and fellowship with. And um, Demas Shakirian. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they all had their faults. And uh, they all the faults that they had were that they were uh, teaching uh, false doctrines and wanting people to get involved in business with them that was strictly speculation and they had no uh, they lied Demas said that he had a, a thumb a uh, that could just stick the thumb in the earth wherever God told him oil was 
and oil would come spouting out of the earth. And uh, he wanted me to invest uh, a lot of money into oil wells in Tulsa. And I told him, uh, well, I said, we don't have any money to gamble like that. It's not a gamble. You know, it, it'll work. So I said, well, get somebody else to do it. We, I said, I'll do it if uh, we can. I'll buy the equipment, which only amounted to about $40,000. And I said, then our, um, our brothers in the church can learn how to uh, be oil drillers and things like that. And then that way we don't have to spend a half a million. What are we going to spend a half a million on, Demas? And, and later on I found out that he was bilking all kinds of people. Well, one day uh, the, uh, he was in a, uh, in a garage getting his car lubed and he fell asleep in the back seat of the car before they hoisted it up. And he forgot that he was up in the air, and he uh, bailed out of the door and fell flat on his back and was paralyzed. And this is God punishing people for that sort of thing. And look at uh, Jim Baker. Uh, he um, And look at what happened to him and Tammy Faye and all these other people that I've known. I've been on their program with Sue and myself. We were on the program, and every single one of them has gone down the drain. Now, Oral Roberts, I mean, uh, like I said, he's one of the most pleasant people and uh, that I have ever met in my life. I mean, he just ran down the hall and said, Tony and Sue, I didn't even know who it was because my eyes are not that good. And he slid right up to me. And I, then I recognized him. He's taller than I thought he was. And he's a lot better looking in person than I uh, thought he was. And he was with an, another man at the hospital. I, Susie and I were at the hospital there uh, for Susie to be treated for uh, terminal cancer. And that's where I met him. And he said he watched our program all the time and loved it. And, was, uh, praying. and then he prayed for Susie. And his son uh, would come into the rooms uh, and pray for Susie. And he'd go from one of the rooms to the other. And I met him, and I guess he didn't like me too much because I was distributing my literature throughout the uh, hospital. And so he'd always give me like a little bit of dirty looks, but uh, yeah, I have nothing against him, and I love to talk to pastors, and I uh, love to entertain them, and to even if they, uh, the, most of them were off base on many uh, subjects, but still, I love entertaining them because I can give them God's point of view, uh, which uh, would rebuke the ideas and opinions that they have about the Lord uh, and his doctrine and the different uh, apostles' doctrine. It's not. Uh, they're not really uh, doing what they should. Uh, Abe Schneider told me, why is it, he says, he saw this big house that we built and the church with hundreds of people in it. And he saw that we had buses and cars and everything painted red, white, and blue on the boulevard in Hollywood. He says, I can't, there's something I can't figure out, Tony. I said, what's that? He says, I just can't figure out. I've been in the Lord now for uh, over 50 years and you just got saved. And why, I just can't understand why God is blessing you more than me. I said, well, you have to take that up with the Lord. Then later on, I found out that he was telling people that uh, 
on bad marriages that you have to go back to your uh, first wife. Well, when the Lord forgives you of all your sins, he also forgives you of bad marriages that you've had and that there isn't anything uh, that you have to do to be connected. He also commands us not to be unevenly yoked with unbelievers. And these are points that, you know, young Christians don't dwell on or anything like that, but these are points that the Lord made me uh, tell Abe Schneider about that. And he says, well, I really appreciate you telling me about that, but I just don't agree with it. I almost passed out. I said, you don't agree with the Lord? He says, well, I just don't believe that the Lord said that. I said, it says it in the word. That you're forgiven of all your sins, bad marriages, everything. The Lord doesn't leave anything hanging on you. And here I'm a baby Christian, a young Christian. This goes back around 40, 43 years ago. And I'm telling him what the Bible says which tells me, uh, you know, confirms the word of God that says the last, uh, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It wasn't more than just a few weeks or months after that that Abe died. He went up to pray for a person, and the Lord showed him that he really wasn't of the Lord because he would pray for people in the hospital and they'd die immediately. And so that shows me that he wasn't really of the Lord. And it was surprising to me because he had a big Christian work, Jewish Christian work down on Fairfax Boulevard near Cantor's. And the Jews down there kept bus breaking his windows with bricks and everything. So he said, what should I do? I said, "Build, you know, um, make a... Uh, block wall, concrete block wall, or a uh, brick wall. He says, that's what I'll do. So he put a brick wall in there, and he didn't have any problems with uh, anyone breaking his windows because there were none. <laughs> he outfoxed the Jews. All right, and so, but these are some things. We entertain pastors. I talked to a pastor up in, uh, I think it was Detroit, Michigan, and a lot of pastors write me, and I, I uh, fellowship with them all the time, and this is something that we need to do because you can always find out if you fellowship with them enough if they're off base like uh, the Apostle Peter was and uh, the Apostle Paul was. He circumcised uh, Timothy and uh, wasn't supposed to do that. So every one of them... um, have done uh, things that they shouldn't have done, but they repented and didn't do them anymore. They were sins of ignorance. But when you tell a person that what the Lord says, and you can prove it by opening the Bible, to not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers, and people dispute about that, we can allow people to uh, be in the church, and if they're weak, uh, we can hold them up with the word of God. But if, uh, on the other hand, if they dispute with you about the scriptures, uh, you're not even allowed to let them in your church, to keep them in your church. They can come to the services, but uh, they just can't be in there. And anybody that uh, begins uh, to raise a ruckus in the church, uh, we don't allow that for one minute. We let them, we put them out of the church. We escort them out. We get a bunch of the big brothers and just we all stand up and start singing, Are You Washed in the Blood? And the orchestra's big, you know, and 
and everyone's singing real loud, and the, uh, if you want to call them bouncers, they take them and escort them out to the front of the church and say, look, we told you before the church uh, service started that you can't talk during the service and because it breaks the spirit of the Lord. And many times that we used to have Black Panthers come to the church and they would say, um, when we got them outside, we'd tell them, uh, say, he said, well, sir, you know, if you let me, Tony, God, come back into the service, we'll be good. I said, well, you disobeyed what we said. And we're rulers, you know, God has called us to rule. And if we can't rule in our own household, according to the word of God, then we are not able to rule well in the church. And if we can't rule well in the church, we cannot rule well in the community. And if we can't rule well in the community, we can't rule well in the city or the state. And, of course, if we can't rule there, we cannot ever be a world pastor. But uh, so these are things that, you, you know, when you're preaching the gospel, you have to break down these things. So um, these people, there's people in churches, you go in and they say, did you know that Tony Alamo is a cult? And they pick that up from the Vatican, from the Roman Catholic Church and some of the people there, and other false pastors, because we are no cult. Uh, you know, we believe the Bible uh, the way it's written. We don't make up anything. We're not false prophets. Uh, we don't do those sort of things. So this uh, letter uh, that John, the third letter that John wrote to the church, uh, is, is a personal note to a pastor about other pa uh, pastors who refuse to accept uh, other pastors into their church but preferred to gossip about them. And John commended, the apostle John commanded those who uh, gave hospitality to pastors they did not even know. Well, there's a lot of people that come up and say, Brother, I'm a pastor. I'm, I, I live down the road. I pastor a church in your community here, uh, my church, and uh, I just wanted to touch base with you and know a little bit more about you and everything. And I said, well, praise the Lord. Come on in. So uh, we're to uh, meet them and fellowship with them and to know them because they're not going to persuade me to disbelieve the gospel the way it's written. I'm not afraid to confront them. Um, I don't want them hanging around my flock that God has given me because I don't know their doctrine yet. And they may be um, bad. I don't know. But I uh, will go and meet them and talk with them. And if they're good, I'll even let them go in the pulpit and uh, give their testimony or bring a message down there. Now, we've done that many times. Even Fred Jordan uh, would come into our church and visit with his wife, who still has that uh, Jordan ministry downtown Los Angeles. And we had um, Kenny Feldman and his wife and uh, so many others. I mean, I just, uh, down through the years, it's uh, many people we visit with and have hospitality with them. But these uh, pastors, they did not even know, and the Lord says that we're supposed to do, and condemn the gossiping pastor who 
wanted the uh, headlines. He wanted to exalt himself and keep every other pastor out of his church. Uh, one of the other pastors was uh, Alberto Rivera. I've let him preach at our church on several occasions. And uh, I told uh, uh, other pastors that they're welcome to come because I know their doctrine. Like Jack Chick, he's not a pastor, he's a publisher. He is uh, doesn't write the literature, per se, that I, he told me he doesn't, but he sells the literature. We give ours away. Um, that's his business, that's what he does, but uh, we do ours a little different way, quite a bit different. Um, for himself, okay, so Third John shows believers they should show hospitality and support for visiting Christians. And you shouldn't be saying, well, we have the only church in the world because there are many others like us. And there's some of them that are on the wrong track, and that's what I want to visit with them for, is to get them on the right track. But should not imitate or have anything to do with self-centered leaders who gossip about others, but will not help them. Well, we help all kinds of missions, and uh, anybody that comes to us for help, if they're of the Lord, we give it to them. And even if they're not of the Lord, everybody in the world is invited to our services, and we definitely will give you a meal, free meal, and uh, talk to you about the Lord, or, and uh, if you need clothing, we'll give that to you also. Third John calls you to warn Christian fellowship with other believers and warns you uh, about selfishness, seeking um, personal glory and gossiping about others. And so verse 1, chapter 1, is the elder unto the well-beloved uh, Gaius. Now, I was, read two verses of this yesterday, and so just... Uh, Hang in here with me while I do these two again. Whom I love in the truth. In other words, I keep the commandments before him in the truth because love is not kissing or hugging. Uh, those churches that do that, I don't agree with that whatsoever. We're not a kissy, huggy church, but we do uh, keep the commandments. And uh, that is to not huggy and kissy. Verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest uh, prosper. <laughs> Remember, going back uh, to in Virginia Beach, uh, a lot of those churches out there are huggy, kissy churches. And so Susie, uh, she could see very well, and I couldn't. And she'd stick her fingernails into my hand and say, Tony, they're coming to kiss and hug us. And so I'd go... She says, go down this row. And so I would. And they were running after us to kiss and hug us. And we didn't let them do it. We got out of those churches. We just don't want like to do that, okay? I don't want people uh, hugging and kissing me. And Susie didn't want them to do that to her either. Yeah, you can give it a little hug or something. But we're not, uh, we'd rather keep the, God, uh, the uh, word of God. Okay, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things... Uh, that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Well, this uh, man, the apostle uh, John, 
cares about his people. And he says, um, I wish above all things, and if he wished it, he certainly was praying about it, that thou may pro prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Okay, verse 3. For I rejoice greatly when the uh, brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Hmm. They came and uh, they were testifying. Yes, we believe the Bible. We, we, we believe the scripture the way you do and so on. And therefore, you know, you've got a brother in Christ. Even as thou walk, you walk in the truth. So they were the same way. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth of the gospel. That they don't believe that there's other ways to get into heaven. This is totally anti-Christ and leads many people astray. So he says, I have no greater joy than to, I don't either. I mean, I just love to hear people preach the gospel correctly. It's my joy and I want to support that uh, gospel or those people that do that. That my children walk in the truth in Christ. Christ is the truth. Verse 5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully what uh, soever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Oh, you just preach the gospel to all men. You keep the commandments before all of them. How will an unsaved person get saved if you're not uh, uh, keep the commandments before one another. But if you're arguing and yelling and screaming at each other, I'm not saying that you shouldn't rebuke people if they're just so satanic and they don't care when you tell them to stop it. Then I will rebuke them openly and loudly. Verse 6, which have uh, borne witness of your charity, your love, the, your keeping of God's commandments before the church. You do it in the church. And, and, and when people come to the church, they see that. People are not that stupid. Whom if you bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. After a godly sort, as the, the Bible commands, the, the Bible commands, he tells you how to live your life exactly the right way. Verse 7, because that for his namesake, Christ's namesake, uh, the truth's namesake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. When you start ripping the Gentiles off, well, how are they ever going to be saved? People know when they're being ripped off. Verse 8, we therefore ought to receive such as that, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Help, we have to help the word of God. We have to let Christ live his life out uh, in, in us and out of us. Verse 9, I wrote unto the church, the body of Christ, that Diotrephus, 
who loveth to have the preeminence. He wants to be the big cheese, the big guy among them, receiveth us not. He won't even receive us, this guy that calls himself a pastor. Verse 10, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds. Well, now the Apostle Peter and Paul and um, uh, Matthew and Mark, uh, John, all of them believed uh, that uh, they were the rulers of this world. And so when he comes back to the church, he says, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this guy. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he does, prating against us. In other words, acting foolishly before us, in front of us, with malicious words, and not content therewith. He's not just content to do that, neither does he uh, himself receive the brethren. He won't even let Christians come into the church because he doesn't want his congregation to see somebody that's more godly than his ungodly self. And forbid he forbids them that would and casts them out of the church. He throws you out of the church. I know I remember one time I was, uh, many times I've been in, um, especially in uh, Florida, this Gracie, uh, she was a former opera singer, and some of the brothers took all of us brethren to this church, and they threw me out because uh, uh, they said, we heard about you, and the Bible tells us that they'll throw you out of the synagogue. She'll be just like this guy. And I told them, don't touch me because, uh, you know, uh, I won't cotton to that. Verse 11, beloved, follow not that which is evil. Don't do things like this man did. But that which is good, invite Christians into your church. He that doth good is of God. Well, one, um, um, uh, so if you do good, uh, you're of God. Don't, like one pastor did, We uh, some of the brothers went in there and, and he said, I made an announcement in the church, there are some foreigners in our church and they are of the devil. They're a cult. And it was our brothers and we're no cult. And what happened to him? His wife just died. And he can't get stuck. He went to prison for bilking a bunch of people. And uh, he can't get his TV program going again. Everybody knows about him now. His name is Jim Baker, and his wife was Tammy Baker. So um, he that does good is of God. This man was name-calling us who are keeping the commandments of the Lord. And these are young people that were on drugs and they're all saved now. And they were just there to witness. And uh, you'd think that a man like that uh, would be um, uh, so happy to see that young people that were former hippies and were living in free sex and free drugs and uh, this horrible life, 
that they're now carrying Bibles and preaching the gospel. But he didn't. He uh, offended them, but, you know, and it was just horrible. But you can see what God did to him for it. Susie always said, you know, those two people and uh, Pat Robertson are going to give the gospel the biggest black eye you ever saw. But I've seen it happen with uh, Jim and Tammy Baker. But and I pray for them. I don't. I'm not uh, glorying in that they've done these things. Uh, but he likes to tear people down and exalt himself. But he that uh, does good is of God. But he that does evil has not seen God. You have, God is the Word, and you you haven't seen the Word yet, my friend. And it's on my will that you become uh, saved. Verse 12, Demetrius has good, um, hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. And you know that our record is true. I had, verse 13, many things to write but I will not with ink and pen write unto you. Uh, but, uh, verse 14, but I trust I shall shortly see you, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, to you. Our friends salute thee. See, it's uh, like a friendly thing. Uh, people that are of the Lord are friends with each other. They don't say, those are cultists up there, young men and young women. And they're saying they're cults. If they're a cult, why don't you lead them to the truth like I do? Uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of cults in the world, uh, the Catholic cult and all the others, but we are friendly to them. We preach the gospel to them, Buddhists, Muslims, all of them. And uh, the Lord uh, blesses us because of that. We don't uh, fellowship with them or allow them to believe that their uh, false doctrine is true, not by any means. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. So if you have friends, you know, they're, uh, we, don't, we can't have fellowship with unbelievers we can witness to them and testify but the Bible tells us not even to wish them God's speed okay now uh, we start the letter of Jude or the epistle of Jude I like to call it and life's questions in this book are, what is my responsibility to keep the, uh, the church's teachings pure? We have to do that. If you think that we can't say, uh, rebuke people, or to explain to people what's right and wrong, well, then you're spiritually crazy. Is God going to judge the world and punish the unbelievers? Uh, how do I grow in the faith? Now, God used the Apostle Jude, like James, a half-brother of Jesus, to warn the church about false teachers. Um, 
who acted immorally and led the church to reject Jesus as Lord. Just like the Catholic cult does, they tell you that Mary is the one to pray to and to God through. And they tell you that the blood of Jesus is not the only way to forgive sins when the Bible tells us that it is. And um, it tells you that you can light candles and get your sins forgiven and say so many Hail Marys or Our Fathers and a bunch of phony things. Or give money to the church. These things will not take away sin, only the blood of Jesus. So they're teaching the church immorality and led the church to reject Jesus as Lord. Jude demanded that believers enter into battle against false teachers. Uh, Well, uh, I mean, if they call themselves Christians and they're teaching fallacy, uh, they're false teachers. So Jude uh, teaches Christians to battle, to resist false teachers by living lives of keeping God's commandments by love, praying and waiting for uh, Jesus to come in judgment against such people as this. Jude shows believers will fight for the faith against false teachers. Uh, verses 1 through 4, judgment on uh, unbelievers is absolutely sure and positive. Verses 5 through 7, heretics are immoral, ungodly, and deny God's authority. Uh, Verses 8 through 19, and the faithful grow in Christ. If you're a faithful person, you will grow in Christ and you'll have such faith. Pray in the Spirit. He teaches them, stay secure in God's love. Minister to believers led astray by heretics and wait for Jesus. Verses 20 through 25. Jude calls you to Christian growth, love, faithfulness, and struggle for the pure doctrine. Um, verse 1, there's only one chapter here. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, he doesn't believe that Christ is his servant, and brother of James, so he's uh, half-brother of Jesus, both of them, James and Jude, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and... um, Preserved in Jesus Christ, preserved in the Word of God, and called. They're called. Verse 2, mercy unto you and peace, because you're sowing mercy, and therefore you have peace with God, and love, the keeping of God's commandments be multiplied. Verse 3, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should uh, earnestly contend for the faith. Seek the word of God. Read it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You say, I don't have enough faith. Well, then read, contend for the faith and pray for it, which... uh, 
it won't happen by just praying. You have to read. Because when you read and be, and you have uh, experience in the word of God, that you do what he says, and he's, you'll see that he will do what he says when you do what he says. So for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, and it's still being delivered. Verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares. You, you know, Christians have got their mind on the Lord, and these people come in unaware. You, you're not that aware. You're not that strong in the Lord yet to be aware of what's going on around you and what others are saying and doing. And therefore, you don't rebuke and reprove them. For there are certain men crept in, like snuck in, unawares who were before of old, uh, of old they were ordained to this condemnation. In other words, they're condemned to hell. Ungodly men, turning the power of our God, the grace of our God, the power of our God, into lasciviousness. They love to dream about sex. They love to do all kinds of lascivious sexual deeds and denying the only Lord God. There's only one Lord, one God, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, now all of Israel was delivered out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Well, just because they don't believe, is that some kind of a big deal? Yes, it is, because the whole, all of humanity was destroyed because they didn't believe God, but they believed Satan, they believed the world system they believe satan who is the one that is uh trying to be the dictator of the world but he can't be because we're the dick god is the dictator the true dictator he dictates what we have to do in order to get to heaven if we don't do it we go to hell that's the true dictator all these people do that are supposed uh, leaders which they're not they're leading people into murder uh, abortion, uh, uh, immorality of every sort. You could take all day telling you about it, which you already know. Verse 6. And if you don't know, just uh, look at my website and read the Bible. Verse 6. So he says, he led them out of the land of Egypt. Afterward, he destroyed them that believed not. First of all, he delivered them. Uh, so this right here proves the th- this uh, theory of once saved, always saved as a damnable heresy. Because he saved them and then he destroyed them. What kind of God is this, man? If he took us out of Egypt, we, he should do what we want him to do. No, you're supposed to be the servant of God and he is God. And he's going to do to you what he said he's going to do. If you do good, you go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. And the lake of fire, verse 6. And the angels, furthermore, he's saying, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Well, what's going to happen to them? They were angels at one time. They were once saved, 
But are they always saved? No, God doesn't operate that way, folks. He just doesn't operate that way. Well, it's getting um, real juicy here, the way I see it. And so I'm going to continue this message by amount of time, and we've got some letters here. So um, just as the Lord said, uh, even as uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they're living high on the hog, and the city's about them in like manner. All right, we have some um, letters. Where's the first one from? From Brinky, Arkansas. Where? Brinky, Arkansas. Brinky? Uh, it says Brinky. Brinky. Yes. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Tony, praise the Lord. Christian love and greetings to you, sir. The purpose of this letter is to appreciate and thank you for your work well done for the Lord in your positive response to his call. Pastor Tony, sir, I was going to your church in Fort Smith, Arkansas for a couple of days and was staying at your duplex apartment. Thanks to Brother Steve Johnson, he called you and you said I could live there. Tony, I just don't understand why a lot of people try to get me not to go to your church. Pastor Tony, when you and your dear wife Susan lived in Dyer, my uncle lived in the house in the backside of the hill from you all. I longed to be a member of your church ever since I was a little boy, and I finally had a chance to, and to really start a new life and start a new family. What happened, the Fort Smith Police Department said I could not be a member of your church and arrested me when I went outside of the printing shop. See, these are are unsaved men, but we still have to... Keep on going to show them that we have the power of God in us, okay? These police departments and all the different government agencies, uh, they are going to do everything like the Lord said. But if we keep preaching and resisting Satan, uh, they're going to say, wow, these people really are something. Oh, they're really of the Lord. Keep going. I was set up for a crime I did not do, and now I go up for parole in July 2008 and have nowhere to go because my mother died in 2001, and I have no family left but you and your church members. Yes, well, you know, after you, if you want a place to come and you serve the Lord and keep the rules of the church, you're welcome to be in the church. Now, a lot of people write us and say, well, you said that you'd uh, support us, uh, you know, over in India or Africa or here. We support you with... Uh, food and clothing, mainly the gospel, and uh, the other things are easy to help you with, and so is the gospel, but the uh, thing is, uh, uh, we uh, cannot buy houses for people all over the world. If you come to the church, then we have housing. Go ahead. Could you ask the Lord to help me with a place to parole out to? I would love for you to put me on your mailing list so I can receive your newsletters. Thank you, sir. Robert Johnson from Brinky Arkansas. All right. Do we have another one? We've got about half a minute left. Yes, from Ghana, Africa. Okay, let's hear it. Dear Tony, greetings to you in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the numerous gifts you sent to me. That is the literature and Messiah books. I was seriously distributing them to the people. Pastor, I do not, do not even know how to express how the people were receiving the words with smiling faces and demanding for more. May God reward you for abundantly for the good work done. Tony, the more I read your literature, the more I understood the word of the Almighty God. You have a very significant impact on our righteous living and our desire for more of his word. I urge you to keep on sending the literature, which I'm so eager to read and distribute to people. Okay, we're going to do it. Praise the Lord, brother. And uh, right now we're out of time, and it's time to pray. Um, So, uh, the Bible tells you, and Jude teaches us that, and so does the whole Bible, John and 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, everywhere in the whole Bible teaches us if we really want something, we're going to earnestly seek it. And the, the way that you do that is ask so that you can receive. Seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open. So the way you do that is to just pray. It's just as easy to talk to God. Uh, to me, it's even easier than to talk to anyone else because we both agree. I, uh, he agrees with his word, and I agree with his word 100%. His spirit, his blood, his life is in his blood. His life, his eternal life is in the Holy Spirit. Eternal life is in the word of God, in the water of uh from the upper firmament, the kingdom of heaven. So just say this prayer, and the Holy Spirit will just enter into you, and you'll be born again of the Spirit. That's the first start. That's where you start. And then you start reading, and faith will increase as you read. Say this prayer to the Lord, and mean mean it with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ, the Word of God, is the son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Holy Spirit. Uh, And Jesus, wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. All that call upon your name shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank and praise your holy name, Jesus, for saving my soul. Father God, Holy Spirit, praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, Sharon, let's uh, tell the listening audience, our listening audience, how they can receive a copy of this program, number 724. It's free of charge. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alarma saying again, tune in tomorrow for another straight and narrow instructions on how to receive the kingdom of heaven and to stay on that straight and narrow path until the time that the Lord takes you out. Uh, Here I am now to sing for you, Stand By Me. When the storms of life are raging Stand by me Stand by me When the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the world is tossing me Like a ship out on the sea Now who do next 
Stand by me. 